1: Hi everybody, I'm Fran Spielman, and with me is Transportation Commissioner Rebecca Scheinfeld. I think you're our first non-political guest. Well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Happy to be here. Well, happy holidays, happy new year, and happy flyover. You finally got something open.
0: Yes, we're really pleased and excited to have opened this major portion of the flyover, bringing one of the most important safety aspects to the project to the public, and that's grade separation of the lakefront trail crossing, Grand and Illinois for many years, decades, uh, people have been complaining about congestion there and traffic safety issues where you have the two signalized intersections at Grand and Illinois. So yesterday, we opened the flyover portion of the flyover that goes all the way from Ohio Street Beach, Jane Addams Park on the north, flying over the intersections of Grand and Illinois and connecting back into the lower level of the Lakeshore Drive Bridge. So that So what took so long
1: and why did it cost so much?
0: This is a very complex project and we're really pleased to be bringing it to fruition. It's been talked about for decades and it took the mayor's leadership to bring the necessary resources and focus to the project. So I I think the fact that people have been calling for it for so long is a testament to its value and we have remained committed to this project and are committed to seeing it through. We have the whole project under contract now and underway. It's fully funded and we're really pleased to have opened that major segment to the public. And we're already getting great positive feedback from the public. We were out there yesterday for a while and so many people were excited to be riding on it. You can see images of it behind us and you see the the separation of pet pedestrians and bicyclists. And, and the rest of it when? Um, we'll finish out the uh, rest of the bike ped work um, around the end of next year and there's a lot of investments that are also necessary to the bridge itself, the roadway bridge over Lakeshore Drive. Over 125,000 vehicles are using that bridge every day, uh, and it needs major structural investments, and so out of efficiency, we're doing all of that together. So drivers will start to see some different lane configurations and staging during construction uh, starting in the spring.
1: And the cost will be $64 million?
0: For the flyover. That's the cost for the flyover, yes, over and the, the three total phases. thing? There's an additional $25 million in investments on the roadway section of the bridge. Uh, we're replacing a, a large component of the structural members, all the grading, so a major rehab of that bridge. Okay.
1: Now, a delegation came back this week from California after a very bumpy but exhilarating and slow, a little bit slow test ride on the Elon Musk tunnel system. What did that test do? say about its viability in Chicago, do you think?
0: Oh, I think it was a great example of a step forward, and that, as Deputy Mayor Rivkin has said, This isn't radical new technology. It's a Tesla in a tunnel, and it's a very basic thing that I think all Chicagoans can understand and be excited about. So the delegation that went out to the Los Angeles area recently for that opening was part of showing proof of concept, essentially, and it's still in development. We are still at the table in negotiations, but as Mayor Emanuel has said, this could be a transformative transportation investment for Chicago. contribute to our continued
1: economic development and competition as a world-class city. Do you really think that there's a market of people who will pay 25 or more per ride to get to O'Hare a few minutes faster?
0: Oh, I do. I think there's a huge market today of people who are paying much more than that to get frustrated sitting in a vehicle on the Kennedy because of the congestion of the Kennedy putting in this alternative I think will actually be, there will be a huge demand for it and there's a great segment of more premium business travelers or international travelers that are headed downtown and to places close by to downtown. So essentially building this high speed connection would shrink the figurative space as well as the literal space between downtown and O'Hare bridging the economies of downtown and international connections of O'Hare. So we can see more economic development downtown, more tourism, more business, more conferences downtown, and that has a
1: very powerful multiplier effect for the city. They can already ride the CTA for a fraction of the cost. You don't think business travelers want to do that? They can ride
0: the CTA, and it I think the CTA Blue Line is fantastic. I ride it every day myself. Why, Why do we need this then? CTA has continued to invest and modernize in the Blue Line with the Your New Blue program, nearly half a billion dollars of investments. The fact is, it's apples and oranges. The, we expect that the mode shift, if you will, the people what the the travel choices that they're making today compared to who would choose to take uh, the system built by the Boring Company would primarily be. PEOPLE WHO ARE ACTUALLY TAKING LIVERY, TAXIS, rideshare, AND WHO WANT THAT MORE EXPRESS OR CUSTOMIZED SERVICE. SO I THINK YOU'D SEE SOME SWITCH OVER FROM THE BLUE LINE, BUT FOR PEOPLE WHO ARE WORKING AT O'HARE OR
1: ECONOMY TRAVELERS, IT'S PROBABLY LESS LIKELY. SO HOW WILL THE CONTRACT BE STRUCTURED THEN IF IT'S SUCH A WINNER AND YOU THINK THERE'S THIS HUGE MARKET? Then will the city get a cut of the fares and a cut of the ADVERTISING revenues?
0: All those questions are part of our negotiations with the boring company. And we are still at the table with them, working diligently to craft and hammer out what we think is the best deal available for the taxpayers of the city. And we I know, look forward what, can, to putting that to the city council for their consideration.
1: I know, but can you promise Chicago that it won't be a deal structured like the parking meters where we hand it over, they get all the revenue for the next 75 years, and the taxpayers get the shaft?
0: I think we have to remember that this asset doesn't exist today. It's apples and oranges from the parking meter situation. Today, we have the choices we've already covered. We've got the congested Kennedy, we've got the blue line, and then other points to other destinations for people not not going downtown. This would be additive to the city, and this would be totally at the risk of the boring company. And it's not too often when you have a private partner coming forward offering to make a major upwards of a billion dollar private investment in transportation infrastructure that could have a real catalytic effect on our economy, as well as supporting our efforts to take cars off of the Kennedy, reduce congestion, reduce emissions, and overall grow our transportation options in the city.
1: Right. But again, if it's as big a winner as you describe it to be, then shouldn't the taxpayers get a cut of it in going forward? I THINK th- IT'S OUR STREETS, IT'S OUR UNDERGROUND. SURE,
0: and, AND THAT'S PART OF OUR CONVERSATIONS, IS HOW DO WE STRUCTURE AND HOW DO WE PREDICT THE FUTURE, WHAT ARE THE DIFFERENT RISKS AND OPPORTUNITIES, uh, BOTH FOR THE PUBLIC SECTOR AND THE PRIVATE SECTOR. THAT'S WHY THEY CALL IT A PUBLIC-PRIVATE PARTNERSHIP. And SO WILL all THERE of these BE things are,
1: FOR THE TAXPAYERS IF THIS IS A
0: BIG WINNER? WE ARE STILL AT THE TABLE NEGOTIATING, AND THAT TYPE OF QUESTION, AND ALL THE OTHER MAJOR BUSINESS TERMS OF SUCH A DEAL, WILL BE PART OF AN AGREEMENT THAT WILL BE PUT TO THE CITY COUNCIL FOR THEIR CONSIDERATION.
1: BUT WHY SHOULDN'T THIS WAIT FOR THE NEW MAYOR?
0: OUR TASK AT HAND IS TO HAMMER OUT THIS DEAL. WE HAVE A GREAT OPPORTUNITY WITH A PRIVATE WILLING PARTNER AT THE TABLE. AGAIN, THIS IS AN EXAMPLE OF A PROJECT THAT'S BEEN CALLED FOR FOR DECADES. MAYOR Daly TRIED SEVERAL TIMES TO TAKE A CUT AT THIS. IT WAS NEVER SUCCESSFUL. WE ARE VERY CLOSE HERE. AND I THINK THAT'S WHAT WE HAVE TO KEEP IN MIND IS THAT WE HAVE A GREAT OPPORTUNITY. WE WOULD NOT LIKE TO SEE THIS GO TO WASTE. Ultimately, this is going to be up for approval of City Council, and I'd hope that they don't let it sit idle and risk that uh, that partner would walk away if it's not approved in a timely manner.
1: Yeah, are you thinking that the mercurial Mr. Musk would walk away if he's. Oh, I can't speak for
0: him. I think they're very interested in this. This is an opportunity to continue to build to scale the transportation system that they're envisioning. Uh, The preview, essentially, uh, what they're opened and the mile-long tunnel in Hawthorne is just a taste of what's possible bringing this to scale and as he himself has said Chicago presents a great opportunity to bring it to that next level 17 miles connection to really see the value of that and not just a, a quick one mile Uh, test experience.
1: And what about the naysayers who are worried about what they'll find underground, the damage to uh, buildings above, uh, the technology being unproven, the market, all the doubters? What do you say to them? I would go
0: back to this and say it's a Tesla in a tunnel. We build tunnels and tunnels are built all over the world on a regular basis. This is taking it to a very ambitious scale and MR. MUSK HAS MADE IT A POINT TO WORK TO IMPROVE EFFICIENCIES IN TUNNELLING TECHNOLOGY. THAT'S BASICALLY HIS BUSINESS MODEL, BUT IT'S NOT RADICALLY DIFFERENT. IT'S PUTTING IMPROVEMENTS ON THE PROCESSES THAT ARE ALREADY IN PLACE. CDOT JUST FINISHED A TUNNEL THIS YEAR. WE DUG A MILE UNDER FOSTER AVENUE uh, FOR THE ALBANY PARK Stormwater diversion tunnel. We coordinated very carefully with all of the above ground users, a hospital. We had a lot of sensitive users there. We were very successful, no problems there. And so we would expect nothing less.
1: How do you feel about Gary Chico talking about getting rid of the infrastructure trust? That's kind of been a bust. The Infrastructure Trust has
0: been a great partner to CDOT. In fact, they've brought expertise and additional resources, human resources in terms of expertise, to bring to fruition a number of really challenging projects that were not cookie cutter. The Chicago Smart Lighting Program is a great example where the CIT was a partner with CDOT and doing. You couldn't have done
1: that on your own? We could not
0: have done it in terms of the expertise it took bringing experts from the private sector and other government, like federal government experts, bringing in that knowledge, helping us to set up a very sophisticated procurement for a public-private partnership. Um, Ultimately, it's all public dollars, but there's a lot of private technology information there that we're able to leverage through the Infrastructure Trust resources and research, helping us to craft what was an iterative, multi-step procurement that has resulted in a great project for Chicagoans. Again, a SITUATION WITH OUR OUTDATED LIGHTING INFRASTRUCTURE THAT HAS BEEN PLAGUING CHICAGO FOR SOME TIME. Uh, DECADES REALLY. Had, THERE HASN'T BEEN SUFFICIENT INVESTMENT IN THE LIGHTING INFRASTRUCTURE. AND WE'VE BEEN ABLE TO COME UP WITH A WAY TO MAKE A MAJOR IMPROVEMENT TO OUR LIGHTING INFRASTRUCTURE CITYWIDE AND TO REDUCE OUR UTILITY BILLS FOR THE CITY. AND THOSE so ARE MEANINGFUL you think this THINGS would FOR be TAXPAYERS. A mistake I THINK IT WOULD BE A trust. MISTAKE. I THINK IT'S CLEAR THAT TRUST HAS HAD TO REPOSITION ITSELF To AS THEY'VE EVALUATED WHAT IS THEIR BEST WAY TO SUPPORT THE CITY AND THE ORIGINAL VISION OF uh, A LOT OF PRIVATE INVESTMENT IS NOT WHAT YOU'RE SEEING NOW, BUT YOU'RE SEEING DISTINCT VALUE BEING BROUGHT TO THE TABLE BY THE INFRASTRUCTURE TRUST IN TERMS OF THE PARTNERSHIP AND THE GUIDANCE AND EXPERTISE THAT THEY'RE BRINGING TO THE TABLE. They're working on other projects with the city now, uh, innovative project delivery methods, doing more design build uh, for social infrastructure, uh, projects with the Department of Fleet and Facilities Management for their new facility and the Police Training Academy. So th- I think there's a lot of potential there and I
1: am very supportive of the trust. The CTA bus service is hemorrhaging riders. You know that mm-hmm. they've lost like 21% of their riders. Ride sharing is, is continuing to siphon them people are frustrated by the pace of the buses. You once said that the key to doing, to reversing that decline is to make bus ridership sexy. First of all, how the heck do you do that?
0: (laughs) You know, I was uh, using a little poetic license there, but the point was- I liked it. I, I, I grew up taking the bus in Chicago, and the point is to make the bus a mode of choice again. The bus should not be a travel mode of last resort. And it is in some places it may be and that may be some people's perception but the fact is that there's about as many people taking the bus as the train in the city every day and yes bus ridership has been declining and that should concern all of us because buses are the original rideshare trains are the original rideshare we want to support high capacity transportation options we want to discourage single occupancy vehicles which take up a lot of room on the roadway and increase emissions and we DON'T HAVE THE LUXURY OF BUILDING HUGE ROADS AND ADDING MORE ROADWAY SPACE OR ALLOWING TO INCREASE CARBON So WHAT IS THE KEY? WHAT ARE WE DOING FOR THE BUS? I WOULD SAY A COUPLE THINGS. ONE, CTA IS ONE OF OUR MOST IMPORTANT CLIENTS, IF YOU WILL. Uh, HOW WE ARE DESIGNING OUR ROADWAYS AND MAINTAINING OUR ROADWAYS IS KEY TO THEIR CONTINUED SUCCESS TO ENSURE THAT BUSES PROVIDE RELIABLE, uh, SPEEDY SERVICE. WE'RE REALLY PLEASED THAT MAYOR EMANUEL HAS ALLOCATED FUNDING IN THE 2019 BUDGET. NOT MUCH MONEY THOUGH.
1: But it's 5 MILLION OR SO.
0: 5 MILLION DOLLARS GOES A LONG WAY FOR TARGETED INFRASTRUCTURE INVESTMENTS ALONG two, AT LEAST TWO OF CTA'S MOST POPULAR routes, THE 79TH STREET BUS AS WELL AS THE CHICAGO AVENUE BUS, THE 66. SO WE'RE WORKING CAREFULLY WITH CTA TO SCOPE THOSE OUT. AND WE'RE LOOKING FORWARD TO ROLLING THAT OUT IN THE SPRING where you'll see um, changes at intersections to speed buses through, as well as move them through more reliably. And the fact is, when buses are moving more reliably, all the traffic is as well, uh, because you have less you know, merging in and out of traffic with regular uh, drivers and trucks. WE ALSO COULD TAKE THE OPPORTUNITY TO BETTER SEPARATE AND PROTECT BICYCLISTS AND PEDESTRIANS SO WE CAN WRAP IN um, VARIOUS LEVELS OF TRAFFIC SAFETY IMPROVEMENTS WITH THESE PROJECTS, TOO. AND I THINK CHICAGOANS WILL SEE THERE'S WAYS TO IMPROVE BUS SERVICE AND THAT IT'S IMPORTANT. WE HAVE A LOT OF SUPPORT, ESPECIALLY ON THE CHICAGO AVENUE CORRIDOR, uh, LIKE ALDERMAN HOPKINS, FOR EXAMPLE, HAS BEEN VERY VOCAL ABOUT THIS, UNDERSTANDING THE VALUE OF BUS SERVICE.
1: DON'T YOU HAVE TO DO MORE
0: THAN THAT, THOUGH? THAT'S A COUPLE OF routes. It's all uh, layering, right? I think it's unrealistic and unproductive to say it's an all-or-nothing thing. For people that say you have to you know, just do uh, these huge treatments in order to have effective improvements in the bus service, that's important. But we can layer on improvements and investments as well. So we've been uh, very clear as well on Chicago and 79th these are first round investments that we can continue to layer onto. In particular, uh, we're looking at intersection based investments, and then we want to be looking at more of the whole corridor long study. So, we actually have funding in partnership with the county to be looking at the whole corridor of 79th and Chicago to be looking more where should we put in longer sections of bus lanes, et cetera, that will complement these intersection based improvements. So, you can think of what we're doing next year as forward compatible. We would also layer on signal investments, transit signal priority, like we've been doing on Ashland and Western, to speed buses. All of these incremental improvements uh, can coexist and have a cumulative very positive effect for CTA bus
1: service. There was once a plan for a hundred and sixty million dollar bus rapid transit lane on Ashland, all of it. Why not bring that back?
0: There was a proposal for that and uh, that certainly could be revived. I think that we need to see and cultivate continued support. Part of what we were getting at earlier is who's riding the bus and how do people view the bus? Is it a mode of choice for them or not? And the fact is that the bus can be a great option for people and we need what is sometimes a a fractured chorus to come together to bring support for major investments in high-capacity transit like the Ashland BRT proposal was. This is an example of how we would leverage the spoke network of the CTA rail system to create another high-speed north-south connection outside of the central business district. And the fact is, in today's fiscal environment at the state or federal level, we're not seeing huge dollars available for transit. The mayor's been very Which
1: brings us to the gas tax, the 30 cents a gallon gas tax. I mean, really, do you think that the public is going to swallow that?
0: Well, I think that the public understands the value of investments in our transportation infrastructure and I think the public, whether it's the mom driving to school, the person driving to work, the business that is has increased costs because of the condition of roads, everyone gets how important and fundamental investments in our transportation infrastructure are to maintain a growing economy and quality of life for residents across our state. So I think the mayor should be applauded for calling
1: a spade a spade for and saying high, but and the- saying this is
0: important and we have to act. For too long, investments in our transportation infrastructure have fallen victim to concerns of you know political risk, and now you see almost half the states across the country increasing revenues, dedicated revenues for transportation, and you see very little political cost to that. Well, the you fact also is we see in this. France
1: people are rioting because of a fuel tax. Yeah, but
0: I think it's a lot more than that. <laughs> I think it's, it's too narrow interpretation to suggest it's just about that. It's, it's a broader set of issues, and uh, there's a whole different social situation, and economic situation, obviously. Um, but the point is, here in Illinois, we need increased, dependable, sustainable sources of revenue for transportation infrastructure and that's our roadways our bridges and right, our but transit. but what's the
1: bare minimum that you absolutely have to have in negotiation? I think the gas
0: tax and an increase in the gas tax has to be a major uh, component. 20 cents? Has is to be that the lowest? It's I, I don't think it's appropriate to fix on a number because it is part of a number of different revenue sources and depending on whether other uh, like Registration fees, etc. There's a lot you can look at. A lot of proposals that have been put out there. It's more of a constellation. Obviously, the gas tax and the MFT is one of the uh, most important sources to the city of Chicago because that's where what the current funding streams. What would you use the money
1: streams. for locally? Would you use it? Is that the source that you're looking to for the Red Line extension?
0: So Red Line, right now our waterfall, if you will, the distribution of existing gas tax wouldn't go straight into the CTA, but. If there was additional funds to the region for transportation and transit certainly that's what we need to be able to leverage the necessary federal resources. You need to have a a local or state source that can leverage and provide that 20% match for 80% federal funds that would come out of the New Starts program or some other type of major federal funding that would be necessary for extending the red line. We have a lot of bread and butter needs in the city for transportation infrastructure as well as major more regional projects. We could do more paving, street lights, uh, general pedestrian safety improvements if we had an increase in the gas tax. We could also leverage those funds to do more necessary bridge reconstructions or replacements or transformative investments, Uh, for example, Union Station is is a underutilized asset. We've been working with regional partners and we need significant funds there at the local and state level in order to leverage the necessary federal resources. So the um, it's a mixture of major regional projects as well as bread and butter doing more of that every day. And it, it's important to recognize that Mayor Emanuel has really done a remarkable amount of work in his tenure, even given this constrained fiscal environment, especially at the state level and then at the federal level and that uncertainty opening the Navy Pier flyover and 41st Street Bridge yesterday, those are transformative investments for people living in the city as well as tourists and that's what makes our city amazing, leveraging the natural resource that we have of the lakefront, seeing a critical uh, set of investments, a critical mass of investments under Mayor Emanuel's tenure even given the uncertainty and low levels of funding that have been available for transportation.
1: If you're trying to discourage driving what you have in the core of the city, Why not a congestion fee?
0: People are certainly talking about that and those you see uh, London doing work, you see that debate happening in New York and I think people are frustrated by congestion downtown. That's why we've continued to
1: push to invest in alternative sources.
0: I think the fact is the city actually has a number of different um, taxes in place that we could utilize in different ways to support our policy goals of reducing congestion. And We have a ground transportation tax, and the mayor has been using that in innovative ways to provide funding for the CTA. That's a great example of where taxing Roger to reinvest in the CTA and continue to provide CTA as a, a quality choice for Chicagoans. But I do think we have to align our Tax policy with our public policy and goals for the city, and there's opportunities to continue to do that uh, more effectively.
1: So, yes or no on a congestion fee?
0: I think that it's an oversimplified question, uh, frankly. Uh, it is important that we have policies in place to reduce congestion. So, whether that's looking at how we are taxing um, businesses or activities, as well as how we are designing our OUR ROADWAYS AND WHAT TYPE OF USES WE'RE INCENTIVIZING. WE'RE GOING TO CONTINUE TO SUPPORT INVESTMENTS IN TRANSIT, ESPECIALLY IN THE CENTRAL BUSINESS DISTRICT. MORE THAN HALF THE PEOPLE COMING INTO THE CENTRAL BUSINESS DISTRICT ARE COMING IN ON TRANSIT AND RELYING ON TRANSIT, AND THAT'S WHERE YOU HAVE TO CONTINUE TO INVEST SO PEOPLE HAVE GOOD CHOICES TO GET OUT OF THEIR CARS, AND WE DON'T WANT TO uh,
1: ENCOURAGE PEOPLE TO BE DRIVING DOWNTOWN BY THEMSELVES. AND WHY NOT RAISE THE RIDE SHARING FEE ABOVE THE 20 CENTS A RIDE? Um, you know, th- It has been stepped up
0: in just the last two years so I think that'll be a question for the next council and mayor. Um, it's an obvious uh, leverage point uh, that we have in dealing with um, incentivizing or disincentivizing rideshare. Rideshare has brought a lot of great new choices to the city and Chicagoans in terms of expanding our palette of transportation options, uh, but we also have to look at how to effectively integrate it into our transportation system so we don't see redundant uses of that with trips that could have easily been made on train or bus service, for example. So maybe
1: the the fee needs to get higher. That's something that could be considered. Yeah, And you're on this multimodal task force that the mayor has asked you to uh, serve on with Ray LaHood chairing about all these other technologies, electric scooters and all this other stuff, and you've wondered aloud about how to integrate it all. What do you think you're going to come up with?
0: Well, I don't want to speak for the task force. We are still in the middle of oh, our on. meetings, and we <laughs> expect to we expect to issue a report uh, in the first quarter, and I but think I mean, that will be important guidance for the next administration and reflecting the major questions that Chicagoans and the administration is facing now. Every day, you turn around and you see a new gizmo going down the streets of downtown, right? changes in technology and business practices have just exploded in the last couple of years alone you see increasing electrification of what we call micromobility whether it's electric assist bikes or electric scooters or electric skateboards or unicycles or sitting scooters. You see all these different combinations and permutations. And they're not legal
1: in Chicago. So how should they be regulated? So
0: we we do need to update our governance to acknowledge and integrate these modes in an effective way. And again, you have questions about just the technologies and recognizing changes in vehicles on the market, if you will. So I think a natural thing is, who's allowed in our bike lanes. It's not just bikes anymore. It makes sense to allow electric assist bikes or other electrified micro-mobility devices into those bike lanes. It also means we have to think about um, the business side of things, and that's a whole different regulatory question. And uh, obviously scooters are eager to get into the market. How about getting them off the sidewalks? So updating our code to clarify all of those things. Right now, to reiterate, it's not legal to operate a scooter, it sh- well, it's not legal to operate a business, a scooter sharing rental from the sidewalk. Okay,
1: but I see, I am, I've been But you see people using their scooters, private, right, yeah. so people
0: buy them their own. So it's illegal to operate a scooter on the sidewalk, it is. Yeah. And right now, a, You're not enforcing it. Well, that's a much larger challenge. You know, Obviously, uh, people on all modes need to do better job following the law.
1: But are you saying, though, if we do allow electric scooters, they ought to be banned from the sidewalks, right?
0: They are today. You're not allowed to ride a okay. scooter or an electric scooter. That, Should that, they be but allowed in bike lanes? I think
1: that that would be the appropriate place. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. You think
0: about um, starting to define our roadways not just by bikes versus cars, but smaller, slower moving vehicles versus cars and then pedestrians. Pedestrians are always our first priority. The safety of pedestrians are always our first priority and so that's why we have to keep the sidewalk. Um, a PROTECTED SPACE, OBVIOUSLY WE ALLOW YOUNG YOUTH TO RIDE BIKES ON THE SIDEWALK, ET CETERA, THAT'S a, a MATTER OF LEARNING AND SAFETY, BUT ESPECIALLY THESE FASTER MOVING, SMALLER DEVICES THAT YOU SEE COMING OUT ON THE MARKET, I THINK THOSE ARE APPROPRIATE TO GO IN THE BIKE lanes. AND
1: QUICKLY BEFORE WE GO, uh, YOU HAVE THE uh, VISION ZERO PROGRAM ON mm-hmm. TRYING TO CUT ON PEDESTRIAN DEATHS, AND YET WE SEE AN INCREASE. WE SEE THE ACTIVE TRANSPORTATION ALLIANCE TALKING ABOUT WE NEED MORE CAMERAS which is controversial. We need a 20 million dollar fund to make improvements. All these things that they and lower speed limits they're asking for. Mm-hmm. Isn't that really what's needed?
0: We have a whole host of recommendations that we've been making and continuing to implement. Uh, but they say you got to go
1: further. You got to go faster.
0: So as part of our Vision Zero Action Plan for Chicago, we've identified the major causes of crashes in Chicago. Speed is up there, distracted driving, impaired driving, failure to yield to pedestrians and bicyclists or to stop, as is the law, and failure to obey signs and signals, stop signs, traffic signals. We've laid out a comprehensive plan for the changes in policy, infrastructure investments I know. that well, are necessary. what about his
1: ideas? A lower speed limit, more cameras, mm-hmm a twenty million dollar fund with a dedicated revenue source.
0: I would say that all of those things are some flavor of what we're already doing today and are already proven. We are looking comprehensively at high crash corridors and we've been changing speed limits where appropriate. We have reformed the city's automated enforcement program and I think it's very effective. And we've studied that. Northwestern has studied the effectiveness of our red light camera program. The automated speed enforcement program is very well supported. In fact, in the last year, we've installed uh, cameras at five new locations based on requests from aldermen and their constituents. And as far as funding goes, that comes back to the larger point we talked about. There's no question, we need more resources for the city, the region, the state to make the proven effective investments in our transportation infrastructure foremost for safety as well as just for making sure that we have a 21st century transportation system to support our growing economy. So uh, more investments in our infrastructure for safety are definitely um, needed and the mayor should be commended for all the resources he has been able to bring to the table. We've made tremendous investments in safety, whether it's uh, these transformative investments along the lakefront trail, fully separated bike and pedestrian trail now along the whole lakefront, better access to the lakefront with our bridge projects, the five bridge projects we have going on on um, the Mid-South side, as well as investments in better space on the north side. but um, And then these micro-investments that we're making as well, so whether it's you know, a specific corridor for best speed improvements or a specific corridor we're improving pedestrian safety where we've seen a lot of crashes. We've been marshaling all different resources at the local, state, and federal level and going aggressively after competitive resources. But the fact is, there is a backlog of things that can always be done. And that's why we need more resources, sustainable, um, dependable resources for this region so that we can plan for it and implement. What we've done with Vision Zero is really lay a lot of the groundwork and framework for what we need. And it's a question of continued implementation. The mayor deserves High praise for everything has been able to accomplish, and what we're doing is trying to continue to prioritize available resources and keep our eyes on the prize to make sure that we're bringing a 21st-century transportation system to Chicagoans.
1: Thanks for joining us, Commissioner. Have a great vacation. You as well. Happy holidays. You too.